Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We are in the season of If You Will bl- If You Blink. You will miss news as it pertains to what rosters are going to look like next football season. There's still football to be played this year, but man, stuff is happening fast and furious all over the country. Good Tuesday afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book inside the Golden Moon Casino. You need to check it out yourself. It's a great place to watch games. Get on in. Slow down, try that again. Get in on the action, grab a nice bite to eat, comfortable place to uh, hang out, really good spot. Brian Haydad endorses it. The sports book inside the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Michael Borky endorses it as well. I do. I absolutely do. I also endorse this uh, this coffee that I'm having right now. I know it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but uh, I was a little... Like a Vegas Thank you, Zion. Uh, and so I needed to, to, to get a pick-me-up because I was a little... Like a Vegas And so I needed, I needed some... I needed, I needed a boost today. <laughs> but you were what? You, one more time? <laughs> to like a Vegas Mm-hmm. We've all had that <laughs> feeling. I went to Duke. <laughs> like I went to Duke. Yeah, but he blew out his shoe. It's a good school. He, yeah. he, he was playing basketball, and he stepped on a pop-top and blew out his flip-flop. He ain't go there to play school. Yeah. Right. Hey, you want to join the conversation? Ceasefire text line is wide open to you. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. 601-879-4395. For more information, visit them online at ceasefire.com slash business. Um, a bit of a sad anniversary today, as this is the one-year anniversary of Mike Leach's death, the uh, a, a true original in, in a sport where there is no such thing as original. Everybody is a copycat. Everything that's old becomes new again. Everything that's new becomes old again. And uh, there is very little that is unique in college football. Mike Leach was the epitome of unique. Hey, Dad, you were around him certainly more than Michael Borky or I were. And 
It's really, in, in some ways, hard to believe it's only been a year and in kind of the crazy way that time works. It's, you know, it, it feels like that just happened, and at the same time, it was an eternity ago that that happened because so much has happened uh, since December the 12th of 2022. Yeah, there's, there's no question. You know, you think about, you know, when you're in sports, you, you have a calendar, and your calendar goes football and then basketball and then baseball, and then you have a month or so of off season where there's really nothing happening, and then you're right back into football. And so, you know, from that perspective, it, it does seem like a long time ago because we've we've had all those seasons and all those games and everything since then. But at the same time, it, yeah, you're right. It feels like, you know, it was just the other day. And uh, there's probably not a day that doesn't go by where he doesn't cross my mind at some point, especially when you're talking about football. But it's crazy how relevant he still is. I mean, just just two weeks ago when Florida State gets left out of the uh, the playoff, a video of him going around – chiding people for being on committees and talking how much we really like committees more than we like football makes the rounds and like Mike Leach nailed it again and, and I, I feel like we'll be doing that for a long long time that there will always be quotes of his that are relevant uh, to, to different things that happen in, in, in the game of football and, and, and in everything else what's your lasting memory <laughs> It's always the press conference after the Alabama game where he talked about dinosaurs and people's arms falling off. <laughs> I, I, will, I will never in my life forget. First off, watch as soon as he started going, I gave Stefan Krajnik from the Clarion Ledger, I gave him the eye, and I was like, we're, we're, we're a part of something here. We had that look of, like, something's about to happen. We know what's about to happen. And I will never forget looking at those Alabama media relations students who are so used to Nick Saban and the way he does things. They were watching Leach. Their mouths were wide open. Their eyes were huge. And I was I was cracking up. Just like they had no idea. And I was like, one of those kids has to transcribe this. And how are they going to get through that? Because this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And he's trying to make like a bigger football point about like, hey, we can't be scared to catch the ball. That was the point of the whole rant. But it went, I mean, it took the most circuitous route that you could possibly imagine to get there. And I, I, will, I will never forget that as long as I live. I don't want to betray any confidence here at all, so I'll be careful and I'll let you say as much or as little as uh, as you would like to, but you were you had the privilege of sharing a meal with him on at least one occasion. And Couple, yeah. if if I remember correctly, there was a, a phone call to your mother. Is that is is that accurate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See uh we were sitting there talking and just, just BSing or whatever. And the phone rings and it says mom on there and I just looked at it I was like, You want to talk to my mom? He did not hesitate, grabbed the phone. This is Coach Leach. And talked to her for a few minutes and, and it's like, Your son's hilarious. What a funny guy. Great guy. Which I I was all right. Pump me up, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh I hand, he hands me the phone back and my mom in her little quiet voice just goes, Was that really Mike Leach? Yes, ma'am, that's who that was. Don't you ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> have you talked to her since about that conversation like her side of the conversation oh yeah a couple of times 
Yeah, yeah. And she was just like, he was telling me how what a nice guy you are and how funny you are. I was like, well, there we go. But he didn't tell any lies then. Very good. And, of course, you uh, you host a Christmas party at your home or in your home every year. Yes, this weekend. Yeah. And um, last year, mm-hmm. just days before his death, he was in your house. Hours. Hours. I mean, he left my house at like 9 o'clock Saturday, and he passed away, what, not not even a full 24 hours later, I don't think. So, uh, yeah. And I remember you telling us there was there was kind of a touching moment there with a little guy, right? Yeah, my, my buddy uh, Ryan Sparks, his son Reed, they do uh, – they do custom woodworking, okay. and they do uh, they they specialize in uh what is it Pinewood Derby cars those yeah, little cars the, the, you know the Boy what I'm talking Scout about car race the Pinewood Derby cars yeah. yeah so he happened to have one on him that he had made and Coach Leach saw it and was like I want that and so they just he gave it to him he wanted to pay for it and they would they would not let him and uh, they got a picture together and uh, it was it was I mean really nice for the guy just to come in. You know, shoot the breeze with everybody, crack some jokes, eat some cookies, take a bunch of pictures and, and everything. You know, and then he went right back to work after that. You know, as far as I know, he went back because they were doing recruiting that week. And that's what he told me. He's like, I would have been here hours ago, but we've been recruiting. Hmm. He's like, next year I'm going to set the calendar up where uh, I don't have to miss anything. And that's like, I I, I, I I talked about that today on Facebook. I, w- I wish that was the case, man. I wish we were going to see him this Saturday. But alas, it, it will not be the case. Vorky, some of his most memorable moments came from the time that he was at Washington State because, and, and this is not a knock, it's it's just a difference in the way that teams are covered in the Pacific Northwest, way in the Pacific Northwest versus yeah. in the SEC. The, the media at Washington State, or at least some of the media at Washington State, really embraced the, we're going to ask questions to derail press conferences and get him off the mark, and he was more than happy to oblige. Every time. I mean, I, I I missed this segment on this show. Weekly Mike Leach, he's at Washington State. And every Wednesday, there was something from a press conference that Mike Leach did that we played on this show. The we be- did that years before he came to Mississippi years. State. Like two, three years before. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, but it, it was every week. And what's funny is that there are people that try to be interesting. There are people that are smart and interesting. And then there are people like Mike Leach that just when they talk for whatever reason, it's just totally different. And he was that guy. I mean, the goofiest stuff he made interesting, and he wasn't trying to. It's just he was he just had a way of delivering thoughts that nobody else could do. I will. Always... I feel like if we had had this season because they they won nine games last year. I feel like one more year of, of being successful, and we could have settled into that here in Starkville of. Just asking him whatever, because you knew the team was going to be okay, so you didn't have to worry about it. I will always remember what I think was the last interview that we did with him on this show, and we always tried to schedule two segments, and Houston McDavid absolutely, I mean, he loved it because he knew it was good for the show, but he absolutely hated when we said, hey, Mike Leach is coming on we need you to manipulate the commercial log and blow out a break because odds are he's going to be five to seven minutes late and he's going to talk into or through whatever break we have and Houston would begrudgingly 
make that happen. I, I'll, I'll mention the part of the interview that, uh, that stood out to me when we come back that uh, I think I'll always remember. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back right after this. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Um, who is this? She been drinking. Who, 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 who am I listening to? I don't know, honestly. Oh, it's not labeled a metal system. version of this song. Come we can, on, we man. can Shazam it though. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We've got a busy afternoon coming up on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Mark Wise will join us coming up in our next segment. We'll talk some SEC basketball with him. We uh, Cooper Patania will uh, be on board to start the four o'clock hour. And with Cooper, we will talk recruiting. Is our focus with Cooper high school recruiting? Hey Dan. Yeah, I think so. Plus, he's going to be he's down in Hattiesburg for the uh, Mississippi Alabama All Star Game. So yep. he'll have a great look at all the the great in state talent that's committed to state and Ole Miss. And uh, Luke Johnson will join us later in the um, later in the show as well, and uh, we will talk with Luke about uh, Southern Miss offensive coordinator hired last week, defensive coordinator announced earlier today officially, and we'll get into all of that with uh, with him. Ceasefire text line is open six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. We have a texter who. Spent some time with Mike Leach, lived in Omaha, Nebraska for a while, and apparently still had friends who were in Omaha, and he recorded with Mike Leach a, uh, a video message. Listen in. Mike, tell him about the Floribama. Hey, you guys need to go to Floribama. Are you kidding me? You're stuck up there in Omaha, Nebraska, and you haven't been to Floribama. Get your ass down there right now. Hey, listen. They, you know, they put the, the football games on at Floribama, too. They don't just put them on at Omaha and Nebraska. I mean, get down there, have a big time. You will thank me for this. That was Mike Leach just <laughs> hanging out with a fan. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Coach, tell me about the Floribama. Home of the world-famous mullet toss. Braziers hanging all over the place from the rafters and the ceiling, and et cetera, et cetera. So, the best uh, thing, though. Of all the things, the best thing is football-related, I think. It's when he was an assistant, and he planted a fake play fake script, script and got Texas to believe that they stumbled upon the Oklahoma play script and were calling defenses based on that until Oklahoma developed a lead. And I think Oklahoma ended up losing the game, right? They were mismatched and... Right. Texas came back and won once they realized what was going on, but Mike Leach planted a fake script, and Texas bought it and believed it, and they called the opposite and scored two touchdowns out of it. Mm-hmm. 
So if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know I am a big fan, as many of you are, of the late Jimmy Buffett. And I was obviously Jimmy Buffett had a very soft place in his heart for Key West, as did Mike Leach. He had a home there and got back anytime he could. In the in the 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 interim time between being the coach at Texas Tech and being the coach at Washington State, he was on Sirius XM with Jack Aroot. I mean, I don't know that you've ever had two crustier guys on the radio together in the history of sound over the airwaves than Jack Aroot and Mike Leach. But Mike Leach did that show from his house in Key West, and, I mean, you could tell between coughing and hacking and telling stories, he was, like, hanging out on his back patio with his feet off, you know, bare feet and and, and just talking ball. But because of the whole Jimmy, I was curious when we last had an interview with him if he had ever met Jimmy Buffett. And he told us that he had not, and um, it was something that he hoped to do. He thought that maybe they would have a lot in common. And then the the conversation kind of continued, and there was another guy that was very, very famous for his relationship with Key West, and that was Ernest Hemingway, who also had spent a lot of time in Cuba. And I asked Mike Leach about Ernest Hemingway in Cuba. I don't even remember what he said or exactly how he answered, but it was one of those things, hey, Dad, that he just took Mm -hmm. off. He went. And he just talked and, and talked and talked and talked and talked, and it was great. I remember him telling us every place he lived, which included Finland. That one got me. It was like he coached yeah. football in Finland. Yeah. I remember he's going, and I just, I, I'm sitting there listening to him, and all of a sudden I went, and I was like, did he, say, did he say Finland? He lived in Finland? And it was like 20 places. Uh, yeah. I, I got another one that, uh, I've told it earlier on the air, but you know, he did the, the interview after the Vanderbilt game about Halloween candy, and he was listing off all the stuff he likes and the stuff he didn't. He, he was totally correct on candy corn. It's a menace. <laughs> and, but he talked about he liked Almond Joys, which is, you know, not everybody likes Almond Joys, but some people do. And so I texted him the, the next day, and I was like, hey, like I heard you talking about Almond Joys. My wife makes these Almond Joy cookies. They're chocolate chip cookies with coconut in them. You want me to get her to make you some? And immediately back, yes, send them to me, yes. So my wife goes to the dog talk show, and I remember I was at dinner with a friend, and she texts me, and she's like, he's not here yet, and the show starts in two minutes. I was like, yeah, welcome to my life. He'll be there when he gets there. Don't worry about it. They they won't go on too long without him, I promise. He'll show up eventually. So he shows up like ten minutes late. Who cares? Mike Leach. Which is, was right on time. And, uh, it was right on time. So the first commercial break comes, and she goes over, and she gives him the, the cookies. She texts me back, or she calls me. She's like, hey, he got the cookies. I was like, okay, great. So I'm sitting there having dinner with a buddy of mine, and uh, about 45 minutes later, my phone rings. It just says Mike Leach. And I was like, uh-oh. I pick it up. I'm like, hello? And he goes, Brian, these cookies are outstanding. All right? I may have already eaten six of them. <laughs> He's like... He's like, we've been passing this tin of cookies around the back of this car for the last 10 minutes on the way back to campus here. These are so good. Tell your wife I said thank you. I love them. They're great. It's like, will do. I will pass that along. 
Thank I, you. I love so. I love that she did not leave it to you to deliver the cookies. She said, nope, nope, I'm going to do this myself. I said, yeah, I said, you go take care of it. Those are your cookies. Go get your credit. Yeah. So. Yeah, very good. Um, uh. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Todd, thank you for sending us a message. You were the winner on the uh, the Roger Stallback trivia question yesterday. You said, I haven't heard from anyone after my big win yesterday. I searched through the text messages last night for an extended period of time and could not find it and was hopeful that you would. In fact, I called Brian Haydad after the show, and I was like, Haydad, can you find our first winner from yesterday? I said, I've got the second one. And he said he would go back through it. Fine. So we got. It. Do you not Thank know you, how Todd. to search for t- for 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 through the text like by keyword? Yeah, I, I do. But when I pulled it up, it would pull up the keyword, but it would not. Uh, it didn't show any of the text history in there. So it was on a different computer. I, than I, I don't know. Whatever. But thank you, Todd. We will. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do the giveaway from Genteel. We we did two shirts yesterday. We'll give something away today, give something away tomorrow, and then I'll get all of the winners turned in on Friday morning, which is their last day to uh, to get orders in, and they will go out uh, sometime next week. So hopefully you will uh, have that before Christmas. Hey, I do need you to send us one more message, if you can. Let us know what size shirt you need and uh, which team you, um, you, you would like, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Southern Miss. So these are going to be... Uh, you're either going to get a solid navy blue Ole Miss shirt, a solid maroon Mississippi State shirt, or a solid black Southern Miss shirt. So, can you win again? No. No. If you won yesterday, you can't win again. No, Andrew. Congratulations on winning yesterday, but you cannot win again. Um, Andrew wants to know if I can just hand deliver his. He lives in Oxford. Yeah, we'll work something out. Give him your address. Bit, but... Here, I'll read it out over the air. Yeah, let's do that. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It'd be no different than all the spam email I get. Just get some spam door knocks. Stately well. Cross Manor in Oxford. Everybody knows where that is. Uh, great being with you this afternoon. Mark Wise is going to join us. So, we haven't talked about this. I, uh, I did my first basketball games this past weekend. Had a doubleheader. The first game was an ACC Network game. Had Florida State and South Florida. By the way, South Florida was 2-4 and four going into that game. Florida State had two losses this year. I think they were 4-3 and three going into the game. They led by 17 in Chapel Hill the Saturday before, ended up losing the game, and they had like a 14-point lead with four or five minutes left against Georgia and lost that one as well. So they had had trouble closing. They got boat raced by a 2-4 and four South Florida team with a first-year head coach in Amir Abdur-Rahim, who is the younger brother of Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Anyway, that was a good win for uh, them. Boys, the Florida Gators look like a good basketball team. Florida's had a little bit of stumble early. They've played a difficult schedule, have lost some games against some really good teams. I don't feel like anybody's talking about the Gators this year. That is an impressive-looking basketball team. We'll see if they pull it all together and they're good in league play. Back with you. We'll talk SEC basketball with Mark Wise coming up next. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi.
Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul. With the Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. You know how useless the Heisman conversation is in the month of September? You remember back the, the first or second week of the season, we were crowning Travis Hunter as the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy, and Shadur Sanders himself was a Heisman Trophy candidate. Mark Wise joins us right now, college basketball analyst at ESPN and the SEC Network. Equally as useless is discussing bracketology in early December. And yet, Mark, our colleague, Joe Lunardi, has made this a a season-long exercise. He currently has nine Southeastern Conference teams in the field of 68, including two right here in the state of Mississippi with Mississippi State and Ole Miss, who is one of seven undefeated teams in the country. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Um, um, I, did, I had no idea where you were going with that. Um, right, right after listening to Frosty the Snowman, I'm totally discombobulated now. Uh, what does that mean, though, that uh, in mid-December, Joe Lenardi thinks nine SEC teams uh, are, are in the field? Well, I guess what it means is you're in the hunt or you're in the discussion, uh, and that's much better than having right now four teams in the discussion. So, you know, again, a lot of hoops to be played. Um, I, I think when I look at the league, Richard, I, I think I have more questions than I have answers right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, is A&M the team that looked totally disheveled against Memphis the other night or the team that had that great comeback win against Iowa State shorthanded? Is Mississippi State the team that waxed Tulane or the team that lost to Southern? And I can basically go up and down the league and give you kind of an example of that. So um, with that being said, I don't I, – I think I said this the last time I was on. I don't know – that there is a team in the league that I would put in the mix right now to win it all. But I can certainly see a lot of teams doing well in the tournament, and doing well in the tournament means getting to the second weekend. You know, there are a couple of teams that have played really difficult schedules in the early going. Right. Kentucky has played a challenging schedule. Auburn has played a reasonably challenging schedule. Florida, right there in your backyard, has played a very yeah. challenging schedule. I saw them on Saturday. I, I texted you either during or right after that game, right. Mark. I know you had a game that was going on that afternoon as well. I was really impressed with the physical makeup of the Gators in Todd Golden's second season. Yeah, they're completely different from a year ago. Um, they're they're basically much better up the middle. We we always talk about baseball teams needing to be good up the middle, pitcher, catcher, center fielder, second base, shortstop. The same is true in hoops, and I think you have to be good at the point and and good in the middle. And um, for Florida, getting Pullen uh, eligible after having to sit out the three game suspension uh, from because he played in a meaningless. Uh, Plymouth Invitational last year uh, make, kind of makes all the other pieces of the puzzle fit for them. And then when you when you add in Samuel inside and and Hanlogton and then the two freshmen uh, Condon and and Hauk, all of a sudden they are really deep and really good at that four or five position. And they're tall. I mean, it's six ten, six eleven, seven one deep. 
Yeah, they, they wanted to get better in two areas. Uh, rebounding was a big issue last year. They've done extremely – they are a much different rebounding team. I think they're number two in the league in rebound margin, maybe number one. Uh, and then they wanted to be a better three-point shooting team. That has not happened. Uh, they're, they're hovering right around the 33% mark. So uh, been inconsistent, and as a consequence, they've been inconsistent in their play. Mark, we believe that Tennessee is good. They have three yeah. losses. We believe Arkansas is good. They have four losses. Is what we believe actually true that those two teams are good? Well, let's start with Arkansas. Um, I, I, it's the same question. I mean, are they the team that beat Duke uh, after getting Mark back in the lineup? Uh, or are they the team that has struggled in, in several other games? I don't know that I believe in this Arkansas team, Richard, but I believe in Musk. I've, I've seen the last what he's done the last two or three years. They will be a much different team come February. I have that much faith in him. Uh, Tennessee is a little different uh, because I think they're built different. Um, they're, they're extremely deep, and with Connect as a legit big-time scorer, but he's not the answer on the defensive end. So when you play, you know, Vescovy, um, for all the, the notification about his defense, and Zakai Ziegler, they're both pesty defensively, but they're not big. And so I don't know that this is going to be Rick Barnes's best defensive team. I mean, they gave up, what, 200 points to North Carolina in the oh, loss. Um, they just gave up 80 to Illinois in a win. Um, they're playing a little faster, and I, I don't think this will be his best defensive team, but it might be his best offensive team. And in fairness, those three losses that Tennessee has are to Kansas, Purdue, and right. North Carolina. So that's, you know, three yeah. pretty good losses. All right. I, I think I've heard there. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss sitting there at 9-0. and They have not played yeah. a quad one opponent, and they will not right. before SEC play begins. They've got Cal and Troy and Bryant and somebody else. Oh, and Southern Miss. Those, those are the four right. teams that they've got remaining in non-conference schedule. Very good chance to be 13-0 and going into league play. I feel like everybody believes in Chris Beard. Have you seen enough to know whether you believe in Ole Miss? Um, you know, I've watched uh, maybe five minutes here, five minutes there, ten minutes of another game. Um, here's what I know. I think Chris Beard is really good at role definition and role development. Um, he's allowing Flanagan to be Flanagan. I don't think uh, – uh, Flanagan is never going to wow you with his outside shooting. I know he's, he, he doesn't take a whole lot, but you've got to allow him to be explosive. Uh, he's never going to be a high assist to turnover ratio guy, but you've got to allow him to get to the rim and get to the free throw line. And I'm just giving him as one example. Um, you know, he's in the top five in scoring, I think, top ten in rebound and steals. And when you throw in Murray running the point, he's top five in assists. I'm talking about role development and role definition. Morell is a great three-point threat, making more than two a game. And then you've got the rim protector, uh, the number one shot blocker in the league in Sharp. So, um, you know, they, they have guys playing long minutes. they got three players averaging 32-plus minutes. But when you take a look at how good they are defensively and especially the way they are guarding the arc, I think they are number two in the league in three-point field goal percentage. Yeah. 
If you can limit your mistakes, turnovers, and win the art most nights, you'll win. I go back to what I said earlier. I understand that it's too early to be talking NCAA tournament. It's too early to be talking net rankings and whatever, but it's kind of like the basis for some of this conversation. Mississippi State is 7-2. and They have two quad one wins, but they also have a quad three loss and a quad four loss, those losses to Georgia Tech and Southern. You referenced a second ago. I said to Brian Haydad yesterday, Mississippi State, to me, on Saturday, looked like a team – that did not want to go through another week of practice like the one that they had just endured. <laughs> it felt like Christians really got their attention. <laughs> uh, the Georgia Tech loss won't be a big deal. Uh, you won't be able to hide the Southern work, and I know how Mississippi State uh, did not finish that game and sort of gave that game away. Um, that will be a blemish that they'll just have to live with. As long as you... Um, and I've said this for years now, Richard. Quality wins are more important than bad losses. So if you can keep stacking quad one wins, that Southern thing that won't that won't even matter come Selection Sunday. Do you get the feeling that this is going to be a really fun season in the SEC? And 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 I ask this fully aware of the fact, and, and the backdrop for this question, Mark, is people in Mississippi especially Ole Miss fans, have been checked out of basketball early for the last few years. And until last season, Mississippi State had kind of been doing the same thing. And so where we are, people are more excited than they have been in a long time. Do you get the feeling that league-wide this is going to be a fun year? I do. I I would caution fans it's going to be a roller coaster because the league, in my opinion, and I said this earlier, I don't know that it's it's going to be as, as great at the top and I don't even know who's at the top right now. But 1 through 12, there's not a better league in the country. So you're going to I mean, you're gonna have a home loss to somebody, and you're going to think, well, that's it. And then you're going to go somewhere on the road and win. Fans better be patient this year. When you have a league this good and this deep, uh, it, it's going to be quite the journey. And those two that, uh, when you say one through twelve, the uh, thirteen and fourteen are LSU and Vanderbilt, and it feels like they've got. That's a where I have them there right now. Yeah. Yep. All right, Mark. Always appreciate your time. Great insight. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, I guess we'll be together virtually here in uh, a week or so, and then hopefully see you in person soon. That'd be great. Have a great holidays. In the meantime, I need for you to know I'll be wearing a Christmas jacket when we work together next week. So get prepared. I need for you to know that I won't. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) All right, talk to you. Mark Wise, college basketball analyst with ESPN and the SEC Network, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon, the 12th of December. So we get a message on the ceasefire text line. And I had to scroll back and kind of figure out where this person was coming from. And now I understand. Um, Southern Miss fan. And he sends us a message just kind of out of nowhere. Oh, wow, would you look? Kiffin buys another G5 player. He better be glad the portal slash NIL is a thing or he would be uh, unemployed because he definitely can't recruit and develop his own talent. Not necessarily out of nowhere, Ole Miss got the commitment of Jerquan Scott today, a 37-time starter uh, at, on the offensive line at Southern Miss. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like we were discussing. <laughs> he started 37 <laughs> games for Southern Miss. That's like, you're like one of those people that says, how old's your kid? Oh, 38 months old. Your kid's three. He's a three-year starter. <laughs> yes, very good player. Important piece uh, that they needed to to get along with a couple of others. I've never heard someone described as a thirty-seven top starter before. Love it. Never. Yeah, loved it. He loved it. Uh, fun with words. So that was the impetus <laughs> for this. Obviously, there was frustration. There. But the frustration being directed at Ole Miss is probably misplaced. Jerquan Scott. Uh, Jerquan Scott was taking advantage of the fact that he was a successful 37-time starter at Southern Miss, that he was a reliable offensive lineman, and there was an opportunity for him to get paid. He ends up at Ole Miss. He just as easily could have ended up at Auburn or Mississippi State or And let's be honest, it's not just about getting paid. It's about showing the NFL that you can do it against the best in college football. Sure, sure. So, back and forth a little bit, and he says, anyway, it's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it, but hey, I'll keep listening to the show. Maybe I can get an expert's opinion on Will Levis. Will Levis was pretty good last night. We'll get to that in just a second. But I did respond to him kind of going after Lane Kiffin. I said, so what exactly is the job of a head coach? Hire a good staff that coaches and recruits well? Check. Put a fun product on the field that fans enjoy? Check. Take advantage of whatever the current rules are? Check. What about win games? Check. So, what exactly is it that Lane Kiffin isn't doing well again? No, It's just he's lucky that, that this is the era because he has no track record of success before 2020 when the portal became a thing. Well, and if I win the Powerball, I'm lucky that I had the numbers that lined up with the ping-pong balls that made me a hundred millionaire. That wasn't a good enough way to describe that. Hey, Dad, I thought a hundred millionaire was... I'm funnier than you, obviously. You are. Uh, we do get a message. 1,068-day starter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway. Somebody says, um, how many transfers from Ole, uh, from Ole Miss to Southern Miss have? A ton, and as well as state. And... Sure. And so they also are taking advantage of the system. It's about roster building. right? When a player becomes available, you go get the guys that you think fit your team, that you have the resources to get who you can convince to come play for you. And it doesn't matter whether guys are going up or they're going down. Same deal. 
you're going to get a guy out of the portal, you have to have whatever resources are necessary to get that particular guy, and you have to convince him that he fits with your program. Well, that and the the, the this is going to sound condescending because it kind of is. The complaining from from a group of five fans, uh, as if. Power five and elite programs are also not getting players poached is is a little goofy. Like you're it's not just happening to you. Oklahoma had their starting tackle hit the portal today. Elite level player, true freshman, was awesome. He's in the portal. Tennessee's got an edge rusher, elite level player, hit the portal today. I mean, you would be shocked at the volume of people that are trying to get in the game with Quinshawn Judkins and the, the dollar amounts that are being thrown around for him. Mississippi State lost a bunch Florida of players its, to the portal. Yeah, Florida has its starting running back in ETN and one of its starting defensive linemen who are in the portal. They're not going back to Florida. It's South Carolina's best players in the portal. The place. And he's taking visits all over. Their best player, South Carolina, their best player is in the portal, Juice Wells. By the way, if anybody tells you they know what Juice Wells is going to do, they're yeah. just guessing. And, you know, he's playing the process as he should. But, like, Ohio State's quarterback, I know they're going to try to recruit over him, but a guy that started for 12 games at Ohio State, threw for over 3,000 yards and won 11 of them, hit the portal. You're not immune. Like, the Power Five's not immune to it. You're losing a really good player. Join the club. So is everybody else. Play the game, too. Don't, Don't whine about it. Get in the game and find a, a backup in the SEC that's not playing much, and he can come to the Sun Belt and be a star. Everybody's dealing with it. Yeah. So the news is Jerquan Scott, a 37-time starter at Southern Miss, exactly. has uh, committed to Ole Miss. We'll talk her Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Back, 4 o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thank you for being with us. Let's just go right back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Cooper Patagna joins us from 24-7 Sports. He covers football recruiting and Cooper, what a strange time we're in right now. It feels like everybody's focus, at least to some degree, is on the transfer portal. And yet we are also just, what, two weeks away from National Signing Day. There's just a lot going on in terms of movement of players into teams that they will play for next year. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty crazy. I appreciate you guys having me on, you know. Portal opened up uh, its first window on Monday last week, and you know it was a lot for us, even at 24/7. So you can imagine what it would be like to be inside a, a college program right now, just dealing with uh, the, the rapidness of the portal uh, names going in every day. And uh, a lot of these guys and a lot of these teams, you know, they've been working hard throughout the season to, to get a pulse on a lot of these players and which guys are leaning in. So you know, you combine that with everything else. Uh, in the college football recruiting calendar, 
a lot of these coaches on the road right now going in home, uh, trying to keep the guys that they have committed in the boat as well. And then, as you mentioned, you know, we're eight days away from the national, uh, early national signing day. So it's a crazy time uh, in college football, and it just seems kind of like the culmination of all things kind of uh, converge right here in the first week of December. So, Cooper, you primarily cover high school re- recruiting. You're going to be at the, the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game this week and, and kind of observing some of those guys. What is the overriding philosophy that, that you see right now, or is there a, a single philosophy for college coaches in terms of managing rosters with the, the balance between adding high school players to develop them and build depth and continuity versus going and getting guys that can contribute right away because they're a known quantity? Yeah, I would say there's uh, more openness to the transfer portal year in and year out. I mean, Ole Miss was one of 14 teams last year that took over 20 transfer portal players, and once you go that route, it's kind of hard to get off of it. You know, they took 23 guys via the transfer portal, and that's that's kind of – where they've made their hay. Now, they've done a really good job in high school, and I'm, I'm kind of bringing them up as an example. But um, everybody's different, man. I, and, and, you know, I think a lot of it kind of depends on uh, your program's brand, uh, your program's brand recognition, um, also geographically as well, what players uh, that you will have access to. So I think the, the, the players that have been indirectly affected the most by the transfer portal uh, are these group of five level type of players? You know, over the last week, I've had to audit my region, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee. You see a lot of quality players uh, that, in any traditional year of college football, they would be signing uh, in a week from now uh, with a group of five type of program. Uh, and a lot of those guys are left without homes. Um, so it's pretty fascinating to kind of see that. I think more teams are, are, are leaning into the portal. I think that being said, it's really difficult to build a college football playoff contender. There might only be a couple teams that can do it just via the transfer portal. And, and the difficult part of that is you still have to develop your positions like the offense and defensive line, pass rushers, quarterbacks. Pretty crazy stat out there. I want to say 53% of uh, Power 5 quarterbacks last year were, were transfers. Um, yeah. You know, So the numbers continue to increase. Um, and I think teams are really now, you know, where it used to be more supplementary via the transfer portal, I think teams are really kind of taking a more holistic approach, getting more and more comfortable with it uh, year in and year out. Now you're seeing really all of college football turn to the transfer portal and say, all right, that's going to be about how we're going to acquire at least one-third of our roster. So anywhere from some teams as high as 50%, some teams as uh, around that 20% number. So those numbers are fluctuating just depending on the programs, but um, it's definitely picking up. Uh, and, and, and while that's happening, the landscape of college football is changing forever right in front of our eyes. Well, Cooper, you mentioned you're headed to Hattiesburg for the uh, the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game. A really good in-state crop for Mississippi this year. A bunch of four-star guys, uh, some some good defensive linemen, some good receivers. Who are some players you've got an eye on down there as you, as you get ready to watch practice? Yeah, I'm really excited about the the AJ Maddox kid uh, from Oak Grove. Um, you know, obviously had a, a really good year. Texas A&M kind of took him early. We thought he was a guy with some developmental upside, and he's kind of played into that uh, this year and obviously getting some looks from, from Ole Miss and State. So we'll see what happens with him. I'm excited to see him. Daniel Hill 
is another guy from Meridian. You know, it's kind of like the folklore of him. We've heard all about Daniel Hill, so now to be able to get some eyes on him, uh, we're excited. A couple other guys, we just got to check our boxes. You know, J.J. Uh, JJ Harrell is one guy, Stonka Burnside another. Um, you go down the list, Jamonte Waller, I think it's a big week for him, committed to Florida. Uh, Nareel White is just, he, he's an absolute player. He doesn't check every box in terms of, verified speed but every time you turn on the tape it's, it's hard not to come away impressed um you know a couple other guys fred clark uh committed to mississippi state is another guy who's had a really really solid senior season uh so excited about those guys big will eccles uh camarian franklin cameron beavers all those guys are are committed to Ole miss um and you know we've kind of i don't want to say struggled uh to figure out how to stack those guys but you know the more we watch eccles the more we like them and then you know it's going to be a a big week for Camarian Franklin. Um, there's been a couple other times uh, earlier in the evaluation process we thought we were going to be able to see him live, and we haven't been able to do that. So um, excited to see these guys uh, in this type of setting, good on good, where it actually means something to these guys. And, you know, got to see Sunterine Perkins last year, and it's just like we knew that guy's a baller. You turn on the tape, you love him. But to see him in person and then see him see him get to do what he did against that level of competition, coming off a state championship game, just it, it gives you so much more conviction. Um, so one of my favorite times of the year, man. And this honestly, like I, I speak glowingly about this game because we had guys like Keldrick Falk and Peter Woods and Kelby Collins and all these dudes there last year. And you look around, there's not a lot of media outlets covering it. So. I love it. Uh, I think it's one of the more <laughs> underappreciated and probably undercovered uh, postseason all-star events there is. Cooper, we know that there are a limited number of five-star players in any given class. On the heels of these all-star games, what are the conversations like? What are the meetings like as you guys look at that particular rating and determine if a guy deserves a fifth star. And, you know, we might point to some of those receivers that you were talking about as it pertains to Mississippi State. Or maybe it is a Camarian Franklin or a, a Will Eccles or somebody else that's committed to Ole Miss. Yeah, you know, it, not to be like the cliche, like body of work, but I, I, this month, December and January are so important, especially for a lot of, like Daniel Hill is one of those names. Like, you, we love him on tape. The athletic background checks out. It's really the live evaluation piece that we're missing. So between Alabama and Mississippi, our teams also at the Shrine Bowl and the Carolinas will be uh, in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl in January, and then the week before we'll be in Orlando for the Under Armour game. So it seems backwards, but a lot of the information and live exposure that you're going to have to these kids comes at the very end of the process. And it also so happens to be that you get the context of seeing them on elite competition. So if there's question marks about a guy's competition level or any question marks about speed, you get to see those guys go good on good. So the the biggest thing for us is that we want guys that are going to continue to check boxes, guys that we've either seen live in the evaluation process, guys that check boxes from, um, you know, a multi-sport participation standpoint, not just participating in multi-sport, but obviously, um, you know, showing that they can also um, have a legitimate background in whatever sport that they participate in. Uh, And then I mentioned the verified metrics as well. That's really important because, you know, we're not projecting Saturday players we're projecting where these guys are ultimately going to get drafted. So, I mean, we're talking about 17, 18-year-olds projecting these guys three to four years down the line. There are so many different variables that go into that. 
And it's, it's not a science. As much as you would like to believe that, hey, I got a pretty good pulse on this player, even if you feel good about the player, there's the subjective part of the evaluation process where you got to get them right between the ears, too. And that, that, that part is the hardest, not only for us, but college programs and NFL teams that, you know, invest millions and millions of dollars into that area. So the conversations are, you know, as much as I just said, you try to keep it simple um, in terms of production, projection. And honestly, at the end of the day, which of these guys are ascending players heading to Saturday? We want to see guys really starting to scratch the surface of what we think they're going to be as they go off to college. Cooper, we're up against a hard break. Can you tell me in 20 seconds what you think about Michael Van Buren, who's committed to Mississippi State at quarterback? Yeah, interesting take. Andrew Ivins and I talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, I thought he struggled at times this year. I think he was five and six. Tough competition there at St. Francis. Um, but I get it. If you're Jeff Levy, you know, you're up against the shot clock. I think if, if you see a guy out there with redeeming qualities that you think fits your scheme, I get it. Take a shot. This is the year to do it. Cooper Patagna, 24-7 Sports Talking Recruiting. Thanks so much for your time, Cooper. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Cooper joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Thanks for being with us, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Good to be with you this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can learn more about Dancing Rabbit at their website, dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can uh, book a tee time there if you'd like or give them a call to schedule a trip, plan your outing, or uh, perhaps get a gift certificate. For someone for Christmas, you can do that at DancingRabbitGolf.com, part of Pearl River Resort. Dancing Rabbit, very good name, quality name for a golf course. But that mm-hmm. just that triggered a thought that when we go to South Carolina for Christmas, we're going to a hockey game, minor league hockey team, ECHL, and they're the Swamp Rabbits, which is... Something. Minor league sports names are the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's named after a trail in town that it's like a 50 mile biking and walking trail called the Swamp Rabbit Trail. So they decided, mm-hmm. let's name the hockey team after it. And they are the Swamp Rabbits. And I'm going to buy. I'm not sure I would take that trail. I'm going to buy all of the merchandise. They used to be the Growl with like six R's. And then they changed yeah, to the Road Warriors. Which yeah. is just generic and lame, and now they're the Swamp Rabbits, and the logo like Swamp Rabbits. is a is a rabbit, an angry rabbit with his ears pinned back, and his hockey stick is a carrot. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. It's a sick logo. I'm that going to rabbit's buy the most foul, cruel, and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. 
buy all the merchandise. I can't wait. Minor league hockey is the best of American sports. Like 4,000 people in a 15,000-seat arena. The upper decks are covered with like a a drop-down curtain. And it's like $3 beers, and you get to see fights and stuff. I mean, it's the best. I did something this year that I had not done in a couple of years. And that was by merchandise while on the road for a game. Uh, the last time I had done that was the year that Ole Miss and Tennessee played in Knoxville. Obi was with me and wanted to get him a souvenir. So he got he got a football that had a the big power T on the side of it. So, yeah, we can play with that. And then got the girls' sweatshirts or something like that. But when I went to South Dakota State this year, there, I would listen to an argument that the Jackrabbit from South Dakota State is the coolest animal logo in college sports. I'm not saying that it is, but I'm saying I would listen to that argument. I bought a hoodie for myself, a white hoodie with a big old Jackrabbit logo in the middle of the chest. I got a blue one for Obi. I got a black one for Ava Montgomery. And Francis got a uh, like a little stuffed jackrabbit, and the logo on the side of their helmet, like the the white helmets they wore, yeah, with just the blue stencil jackrabbit on the side of it, was awesome. I think I got a picture of it. If, if you have, if you happen to be watching on Seaspire TV and you haven't seen this, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. We got a text in by the way of the Swamp Rabbits logo. Mm-hmm. Tell me that's not awesome. How cool is that logo on the side of the football helmet? That's a great if you're watching. Helmet. On Super Talk TV, you can see that'd it. be great. Yeah, yeah. The best so. helmets are the most simple. Absent the Ohio State, where they have the the Buckeye leaves. Uh, sorry, Paul, the marijuana leaves that cover the entire helmet. That that's marijuana. That's a good look. But otherwise, if you want a good football helmet, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Just very. Basic, simple things like that right there. It's just a white helmet, and, and the logo is just blue line is all it is, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah. Texas's helmet is one longhorn on one side with no features on it whatsoever, just a silhouette, one longhorn on the other side. Iconic college football helmet. Yes. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. But I don't think that, like, LSU's got more going on on its helmets, and they've still got a really good helmet. I mean, Florida's got Gators spelled out in cursive. But that's, that's a all really good-looking helmet. It's just one word in cursive, right? Or script. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, Penn State's helmet is relative, depending on who you ask, is iconic. It's one stripe. Yeah. Michigan's are so good. Delaware's up to D1 now next year, and so you're going to have the battle of who had the helmet first. Uh, Kelso in Ocean Springs says, submission for worst helmet in the nation, Maryland. Uh, Maryland's helmets are bad. They're bad. They really are bad. Uh, Sorry to keep asking, just genuinely curious if JMU's new hire, Bob Chesney from Holy Cross, was on your radar at all. And what you think about it. Kelso, I would be disingenuous if I said to you that Bob Chesney 
was on my radar. However, Holy Cross was on a lot of people's radar. There were a lot of folks at the FCS level who talked about the success that Holy Cross was having and the way they were doing it and the way they were building it. And I'm talking about the coaching community that were really impressed with what Holy Cross had done on the field and with their program. And so from that standpoint, I would say on the radar. I'm just being honest with you. If I had not done an FCS playoff game two weeks ago, Bob Chesney would have not been on my radar at all. But the head coach, um, Chronic, well, I can't, whatever his first name is, at, uh, at Mercer, specifically referenced Holy Cross in our coach's call with him in terms of kind of what he wanted the Mercer program to look like. And Jimmy Rogers, the head coach at South Dakota State, referenced them, you know, loosely, you know, impressive in terms of kind of big picture about the FCS playoffs. So I will tell you, people at that level who coach against or compete against Holy Cross were impressed with them. That's the closest thing to an educated answer I can give you, though. I'd love to tell you more. That That's the best I can do. So... You got to call it, and you didn't have the best game, but the FCS playoffs have been pretty awesome. Like, if you're a football purist, if you're one of those people that's kind of been turned I can't off by what you it's... didn't have Furman in your winner's column yesterday. Well, they lost. Yeah, but they were so close. How great. I mean, man, they made me so mad, though. So you give up an opening kickoff for a touchdown to the most electric player on the field, right? The Montana, he's the most electric player on the field. You knew it going in. You give that up and you recover from it, right? You're playing really good defense. And then late in the game, you punt to the same guy, and guess what he does? Takes it to the house. Yeah, Why are you punting it to him? You gave up really good. You gave up two returns for touchdowns, and you still got that game to overtime. So Dude, that frustrating. That environment man. was so good Friday night. And just a little bit of snow falling. It was great. Oh, man. It was great. I uh, can. Quote, Gallo is a square, close quote, T-shirts, be part of the Sports Talk merch line. It just, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless with Gallo memes involving, hey, Dad? Marijuana. I haven't talked to Paul in a while. I need to just let him know that I only do this because I love you and respect you dearly, and that is the only reason yeah. why I reference you when it comes to marijuana. I'm going to go back to the most recent tweet from the person who just tweeted something to us because I just want to read it out loud. NIL is like legalized weed. We couldn't control it, so let's just make it legal. I love the game, but the recruiting talk is just gross. That was actually from Friday. Today's message is, I don't think I've ever watched a game and thought, Man, those are great uniforms or helmets. Got to try and understand. Then again, you guys love NIL. You didn't watch Furman play on Friday. If you can't see those uniforms, those road whites with that diamond F on the helmet and not have an emotional reaction, you don't have emotions. <laughs> I don't know about not having emotions. <laughs> I love uniforms. I, I just I do. I do. And I like... Traditional uniforms, I like classic uniforms. I'm fine with what Oregon does. It's not really my cup of tea. But I don't like, I mean, 
This is not a shot because Ole Miss is playing them in the Peach Bowl. Penn State's uniforms are too boring. They look like practice uniforms. Like a movie that couldn't buy the rights. Yeah. It's like the uniform that would have been on the front of the East Bay catalog all those years ago. Hey, Dad, did you get East Bay when you were a kid? Uh, I I got to look through the catalog. I know I, I never got to buy anything out of it, but I yeah, love. Yeah, I never bought when, anything out of it. So like, I'd go through. Look at these shoes. Look at these uniforms. These are great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, it's like it's like they need a little something. I get the people that love them. I just Penn State's uniforms don't do much for me. They're fine, and I know who they are when I turn on the TV. More sports talk, Mississippi now. Now. Newsy week for Southern Miss football. Luke Johnson joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. Go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Luke, of course, is co-host of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Hattiesburg and Super Talk Laurel. Um, Luke. Got an offensive coordinator last week and a defensive coordinator today. Things are things are rolling. Christmas presents everywhere for uh, for the Golden Eagles. So yeah, it took maybe just a tad longer than what everybody kind of wanted, but uh, new Will Hall was um, was you know on it and uh, trying to balance all that with recruiting. And he came on Eagle Hour yesterday and uh, told everybody that he had hired a defensive coordinator. Just couldn't make it public yet, and of course that came out today, but. You know, you start Friday with the uh, with the hiring of Chip Long, and this was a guy probably down the stretch when Will handed uh, offensive coordinator duties off. Chip Long was a guy whose name just started getting uh, just kind of surfacing kind of everywhere um, for a lot of reasons. He played with with Will Hall and uh, strength and conditioning uh, coach Lance Ancar at North Alabama. He was a tight ends coach. And, um, you know, the, the pedigrees there it was under Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and kind of was part of a lame duck staff at, at Georgia Tech. And when their coach got fired midseason, you know, he had to go find somewhere. So he's been with Jeff Brom at Louisville. And, um, you know, when he was at, at Notre Dame in that three-year stretch, they went 33-5 and five and played in the, the playoff uh, berth. And so I asked Will yesterday on the Eagle Hour, I said, you know, what's this going to be like? Is this going to be – Chip running your offense, or you know what's that? And he said it's Chip's show. He said I'm the head coach now, and this is uh, Chip Long's offense, Chip Long's play caller. This will be Chip Long's uh, show. So I think Southern Miss fans excited about having an experienced play caller in Hattiesburg. Yeah, I have, I have such mixed emotions, and and we talked about this some um, when Mississippi State hired Jeff Levy. You know, should he call plays? Should he hand that off to to somebody else? And I've always been of the opinion that if you do something really well and it elevates you to a new position, then you should continue to do that. Hey, Jeff Levy was an offensive coordinator, great play caller. It got him a head coaching job. He probably should keep calling plays. But I feel like most coaches, if they go that route, at some point into their tenure, they at least attempt to hand it off. Most coaches, at least one time, they will say, I need to hand this off. Because there's so much responsibility. 
Was this the right decision for, for Will and for Southern Miss football? I think so. I mean, I think he realized that they were a much better football team when he was, you know, overlooking all three phases rather than just really focusing on one. And, um, you know, they, they played a whole lot better um, after the, the South Alabama game. I mean, down the stretch. Um, and they were, you know, they ran every game they played. And uh, you wonder, you know, if it would have happened, and he, he said it multiple times, he's kicking himself for not doing it earlier because you just wonder what this team, you know, would have been. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, looking at Chip Long and saying, well, you know, Georgia Tech was tough and Tulane wasn't the best. But it was just like, you know, Southern Miss getting a guy who was the play caller during a 33-5 and five stretch at Notre Dame, you know, yeah. less than seven years ago, that's pretty good. I, I certainly agree. What what do you think that offense is going to look like? I mean, what Will told us yesterday was, you know, that, that Chip's been, you know, Jeff Brom's kind of right-hand man as an analyst at Louisville this year. So um, I, I, I still think it'll be, you know, Chip's offense, what, what he's run, what he's, you know. Uh, there's certainly offensive players on that side of the ball, and I know he's got to be excited about, you know, uh, seeing what Ethan Crawford can do in an offense like that and, you know, seeing what, what kind of noise John White can make, uh, can make coming in January. All right, today we get the announcement that uh, Clay Bignell is going to be the defensive coordinator. He was most recently at Eastern Illinois, uh, has worked in the SEC at Vanderbilt, worked at East Carolina in the American Conference. It's a young guy, but seemingly a guy that um, a lot of people in the coaching profession think highly of. Absolutely, and he's played it uh, out in Montana, played at Montana State, uh, won some Big Sky championships out there, was at Northwestern, and then from uh, 16 to 19, he was at at Notre Dame. So that's where he was with Chip Long, and he was under Elko, and then he was under Clark Lee. And so he went to East Carolina in 2020, and then went to work for Indian in 21, went to uh, Eastern Illinois in 2022. Their defensive coordinator, uh, a guy by the name of Adam Grischik, uh, ended up at the Saints this year. And so um, Big Nell took over as the defensive coordinator. He inherited about a top 65 defense and turned them this year uh, into a top 25 team in the FCS. And uh, they were number one in scoring defense in the Ohio Valley. They were uh, number 18 in scoring defense in all of FCS. But the big thing I think Southern Miss fans are excited about, they were number two in the FCS in turnovers gained. And this is a guy um, – like attack, chaos, really run a 4-2-5, uh, a lot more aggressive defense, kind of what Southern Miss fans saw under Austin Armstrong. Not not schematically, but I'm just saying as far as a pressure and uh, trying to create, um, you know, a lot of a lot of attacking up front. And I think Will Hall is excited about this. And I think, you know, for Southern Miss fans, you the Southern Miss approach, you know, the last several years has been – um, you know, you get somebody at, at the uh, FBS level and you see, you know, some teams around you getting these up-and-comers out of FCS. And I think uh, this is really, you know, one of the, the, the times that Southern Miss has, has gone after a coordinator, uh, maybe in the first time in a long time, that they've gone to the FCS to do that. And so he's got, uh, of course, he worked with Chip Long, and I think that's some of the connection with, with Notre Dame. But uh, Will Hall is really excited about, about Big Nail. We are in a world and in an era right now where the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away, and Southern Miss, and like right now, is in the middle of that, right? Looking for pieces that will help bolster the bolster the roster. 
uh, and have had some pretty significant contributors over the last couple of years that they've picked up through the transfer portal. But they also lose a, a pretty key piece on the uh, the offensive line. Um, talk to us a, a little bit about that. I mean, we we got a message earlier today, and folks frustrated, maybe because it's Ole Miss, but you know, whether it was Ole Miss or somebody else is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, jerk on squat, uh, Scott, um, you know, leaving. And there was going to be some shuffling on this offensive line. Um, Scott was a, was a good offensive lineman. I just think that this coaching staff feels really good about the young talent on this roster. They did get an Eastern Michigan transfer portal guy and uh, the, the Conti kid. That, that was that story on, uh, on college game day um, about the scholarship situation. Pretty cool story. Up there, but he comes in as a graduate transfer, six three or six seven, three twenty, uh, probably play uh, immediately. But I mean, you you got Luke Rogers, you got the Sexton kid, um, you got some some guys that they think will blossom along this this offensive line. And so uh, there was going to be shuffling anyway. And I think Southern Miss probably be a little more active uh, in the offensive line uh, in the portal because they have to be uh, because yeah. of uh, you know they haven't got the play that they've wanted to you know, up, up front. Um, and I think seeing what they, what this offense could be capable of um, allows them, you know, to, they, they have to upgrade up front. All right. So with Frank Gore Jr. Uh, announcing that he's going to put his name into the NFL draft is running back a spot that you think Southern Miss tries to be active in the portal or is that guy on the roster or coming from the high school ranks? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you you got Drew Clark, and he proved to be a very, very good runner when he was healthy this year. Right. Um, Clay, but a kid that they really hoping, um, you know, that that holds in recruiting is Jalen Washington out of Houston High School. I mean, he's good. He's he's really good. Uh, but will be a really good group of five running back. Um, and they feel good about that position. They've got some more guys, you know, on the roster, young guys that can uh, can make some noise as well. But um, I think you're going in, you know, with with Clark being a lead back, and they felt really good about him this year as a, as a backup, uh, you know, as a as a one two punch with with Frank Gore. So you know, the way Will thinks about it, you know, skill positions, you're always listening. You know, you're always seeing if somebody enters the portal, and you know, it's a good fit. Of course, you know, you you upgrade if you can. Is there a collective that is active to whatever degree um, tied to Southern Miss? Yeah, it's called to the top collective. Um, former, uh, if you'd given me five guesses, that would have been one of them. Actually, there, uh, the contact information has been passed on to Sports Talk Mississippi. So, anytime that you would like to get Peter Bain, who's head of the to the top collective, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to come on. Hey, dad, actually, no, what I'm, I'm, hey, dad, actually asked, he he said that there was, you know, there's an opportunity maybe you guys could talk to, uh, to the top collective, but yeah, former Southern Miss, uh, player, football player, actively involved in that as well. So, they do have that, and uh, there are Southern Miss athletes that have public, you know, publicly posted, you know, their thankfulness uh, for what to the top collective and you know NIL is doing at Southern Miss. Yeah, it's uh, it is a crazy, crazy time. Quick thought on hoops. We're up against a break. We got uh, oh, 30 seconds. Uh, sitting at five and four right now. Yeah, three game winning streak. Uh, they go to McNeese tomorrow. They've got Lamar on Saturday, and then two days before Christmas, playing the Rebels uh, on the coast. So um, Eagles will start. September 30th, but trying to uh, build on a three-game winning streak. Uh, September, December 30th. What am I doing? December 30th conference play. 
just around the corner. Luke, thanks as always. Good catching up. Hi, guys. See you later. Luke Johnson from the Super Talk Eagle Hour, Super Talk Hattiesburg, Super Talk Laurel, and of course available online at supertalk.fm. Joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We're back with you right after this. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Jolly Christmas, it's the best time of the year. Now, I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Oh, the mistletoe is hung where you Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You can join the conversation on the Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. So, you know how on3 does the NIL valuator where a player hits the portal and and they'll have, they have an algorithm that says how much money they're worth. On three, that new website, yeah, yeah. So that is so incredibly broken; it's hard to fathom. Oh, it's awful. There, there is. I don't want to call out a specific player, so I will just say an Ole Miss player hit the portal, and his NIL value, according to On Three. Is $94,000. That's what they say that he is worth. This season, he had one more reception than the three of us. In his career, he's had six more receptions than the three of us. You know who's not going to get $94,000 via transfer portal? That player. It's not going to happen. And so you get people that see that and think, well, this is nuts. And yeah, it kind of is nuts. But it's not near as nuts as people think it is. And then you've got this story about how Marvin Harrison Jr. is considering coming back. He's not going to come back. But considering it because Ohio State has put a package together worth what he would get when he's drafted in the first round. And people believe that. People believe that he's going to get $20 million to stay at Ohio State. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's not anywhere close, but yet... When you've got stuff like this floating out there, of course you believe it. Because if a player with six career receptions is getting 100K, Marvin Harrison Jr., of course, is worth $20 million. The thing is, not many people actually know what they're talking about when they talk about the actual dollar figures associated with these deals that are getting done. Yeah, some people that do, but most don't. And so, yeah, I mean, is there a litmus test for who knows and who doesn't know? I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell you who to trust. But there's some people who have a pretty good idea of what guys are actually being paid and what the deal structures look like. And then there's some guys that don't. 
And the thing is, it varies from school to school. I mean, right, there's a, there's a general range, I suppose, as to, you know, what upper echelon schools are spending on, you know, through collectives in a given year. But it's not exact. And, and let's just, let's just, let's pick a random number. Let's, let's say seven million is the number for a football roster going into 2024. Seven million doesn't mean the same thing everywhere, because there are places where you, your your collective and your, like your front office program is being run more efficiently, and is the money is being spent s- smartly, and there's some people where they're just taking wads of cash and like throwing it at the wall and hope it sticks, and and, and so. If seven million is is like the the number you need for an entire roster, for for some schools, for some collectives, they can make five and a half million work the way seven million would for the average team. But then for for others who are not efficient and don't really have a good grasp on how to do this. They may need eight and a half or nine million to make seven million work. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Yes. I mean, it's just like anything else. Some people are better with money than others. That's just all yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yes. You, you have people who make far less money who are far wealthier than people who make lots of money. And maybe have more stuff. But, like, in terms of big-picture wealth, different thing. So, coming up next on the Dave Ramsey Show, we're going to... It's related to NIL. But that, that is... I wasn't telling like... you not to use a credit card, hey, Dad. You, you do what you feel good about. I'm trying not to use those. Just don't let it spin out of control. So, anyway... Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Tim and Tupelo, will they ever impose a cap on NIL? Who enforces it? What, what, we have so many people talking about rules that need to be implemented. Who enforces them? I mean, the rules are being broken openly every single day. Nobody's there to enforce it. Add more rules? You think those are going to get enforced too? No, it's there's nobody there to be the police. We could really make Hey Dad comfortable and talk about that NCAA proposal last week and how socialistic it is <laughs> in, its, in its overarching theme. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah! Twitter. I mean, if you want to tweet the show, you can at Sports Talk MISS. We don't use it as often as we use the ceasefire text line, but you could always send us a message. Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet, 
or the best in business IT services, know that C Spire has got you covered. You're dealing with a Mississippi company who has always made it about you. That's why they say C Spire, customer inspired. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of a sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at pearlriverresort.com. It's pearlriverresort.com. Let's uh, let's jump in to the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. So, Borky, a uh, busy night and day, I guess, for... Ole Miss in the transfer portal. Yeah, first I want you to tell me that you're proud of me because I've got this name down. Princely Uman Mielin. Uman Mielin. Uman Mielin. Well done. You're not going to feel like you need to delete that pronunciation. No, I think I got well it. Well done. I think that is uh, absolutely the uh, the correct one. Florida defense. Say it one more time. Princely Uman Mielin. Okay. 21 game starter, I'm sure. 21 game At starter. Least. I don't know how many games he started, no uh, but he is a an elite level uh, rush end from Florida. Uh, apparently visited Ole Miss last night. Also, Walter Nolan, the number one player in the transfer portal, a defensive lineman from Texas A and M, also scheduled to visit Ole Miss this week. It may have already happened. If it hasn't, it's going to happen very, very soon. Add that with the news that Jared Ivy. Uh, who could have declared for the NFL, uh, chose to take that additional year and return to Ole Miss. And, I mean, look, two guys have not committed, so it doesn't matter until they do, but the prospects of what could be on the defensive line with the news of the last couple of days is rather substantial. Yeah, and that was a good defensive line this year. Second in the SEC in sacks, high up there in TFLs, very productive. If they are able to add one or two additional pieces to that group, and all of this is dependent on health, right? I mean, which is like everything in football, especially in college football. You got to stay healthy. But if you do, then it's a pretty stout group, and it, it gives you the ability to do something that Ole Miss has. I don't know, guys, tell me when. Ever had the ability to do, which is legitimately limit the number of snaps that elite interior and, and edge <laughs> defensive linemen have to play. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you can get down to a deal where you've got defensive linemen that you trust and you believe in who have the ability to affect plays only having to play 30 to 40 snaps a game in a big game and less than that in some of your non-conference games. I don't remember that ever being the case. Hey, Dad, as good as Mississippi State has been on the defensive line, have they ever been in a spot where it was too deep that good? 
No, I mean, you think it like in 2014 when, when they were famously doing the 1A, 1B thing, but I mean, there was a drop off there from when Preston Smith and Chris Jones went off the field to, to the second team uh, defensive line. They were, they were good, but not, not that good. And then I would say in 2018 might be the best example they, they, where they had the most depth because you had Simmons and Sweat and Gary Green, but you also had Braxton Hoyette and Corey Thomas. And those were, I mean, those guys were quality SEC football players. So that would probably be the, the best example of that. But they were running a three-man front with that as well. So it sort of artificially creates some depth because you don't have as many guys out there. What is um, – is this two Tennessee defensive linemen in the portal in the last two days? Is that right? Or is it the same guy? Yeah, they're, they're ha- I think he's the same guy, uh, the, the Russian. Uh, and he will come with a very, very uh, – Significant salary with or for whoever picks him up, but that's the thing, right? I mean, defensive line that it's a highly coveted spot, and so I mean, again, th- these guys have to sign with Ole Miss for it to to be impactful, but th- they're in the game on these guys, and th- there's a lot of conversation about how much money a school has, and well, no, they really don't have that much. That's a lie. All that stuff. Well. I mean, you see the fruits of how much money you actually have when it comes down time to sign players, right? And so you're looking at a couple of guys on the defensive line that are visiting you this week. And if they don't go to Ole Miss, then they don't go to Ole Miss. But the money is there to sign these guys. They have the money to sign these guys. They're competitive when it comes to salary with these players. Again, they could still go somewhere else, but... Financially, that's that's not the hang-up. At least it doesn't appear to be the case. And the, the investment on player retention paired with going after defensive linemen of this caliber, knowing their price tag, does say a lot about funding. And so we've, I mean, we've seen it all season, people hand-wringing over, well, they don't have that much money, or they do have that much money. Sign one of these two guys, and you have your answer. Yeah. Hey, non-sequitur, but I will always non-sequitur for a message like this. Great Army win. Always a great game. Shout out to my son, Specialist Jackson Pickett, and the 155th Soldiers with the Mississippi Army National Guard who are currently deployed. Shout out indeed. Thank you, Jackson Pickett, for your service. Know you got a proud dad back home. And uh, stay safe and Godspeed. So, always will non-sequitur for, uh, for that message. No doubt. The Jared Ivey news is big, isn't it? It's very big. I mean, just a and and that's what's so interesting about and these players that have have returned to Ole Miss. All of them could have gone to the NFL. They're just it's the perfect storm of fringe prospects, right? He could probably be on an NFL roster next year. Probably could, but would is certainly not guaranteed. But highly productive has gotten better in the last couple of years as well. I mean, twenty twenty one version of him, or excuse me, twenty twenty two version of him is very different than twenty twenty three. Got better. Yeah. Well, and and here's what I, I don't even just mean from a production standpoint. So if what Cooper was talking about earlier holds true, and Ole Miss does something similar to what they did a year ago, where what did he say? They brought twenty three transfer portal players in a year ago. One of the things that this Ole Miss team had 
that last year's Ole Miss team did not have was a good locker room with a lot of chemistry. And when you think about the guys that are coming back on this Ole Miss team that could have left, Jordan Watkins, Trey Harris, Jared Ivey, J.J. Pegues, Quinshawn Judkins, excuse me, we don't know about Quinshawn yet, I mean, we assume whatever, Jackson Darts, who I meant to say right there. Priestcorn. Caden Priestcorn. You're bringing back an older core of your football team that was very productive, that was part of a group that had good chemistry on and off the field. I'm not so sure that doesn't matter as much as anything when you know you're going to be bringing a bunch of new faces into your program as well. And, hey, Dad, that's one of the challenges that Mississippi State's going to have this year with the complete roster turnover. Not complete, but so much turnover it's, on the it's roster. It's a lot of turnover. With yeah. a new coaching staff that's coming in and kind of trying to establish its culture and the majority, the overwhelming majority of the major contributors on both sides of the ball from this season, even though the record, even though the record was not what people wanted it to be, you still have leaders within a team. All yeah. those guys are gone. And so it's a start yeah, I mean, from Watson scratch. And Johnson, Watson, Johnson, and Preston, for sure, you know, big leaders for Mississippi State. Uh, I would say that Cole Smith, obviously Will Rogers, you yeah. know, Woody Marks, leaders for Mississippi State. Yeah, you got to replace all those guys. On top of their production, you got to find a way to, uh, to to replace what they brought to your locker room. So, yeah, that's why I mean, I've been saying it for the past few weeks. It's, it's, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you, you got to set those expectations at, at the word rebuild, and that's where Mississippi State is right now. And 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 so that's it. Like you're trying to get productive players in, but you've also got to have leadership in, and it's all got to mesh together in a relatively short period of time. And that is a massive challenge in year one for uh, for Jeff Levy and this new coaching staff. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Another message during that last segment that uh, Bailey Bowman is also part of the 155th of the Mississippi Army National Guard. So, uh, told you yesterday we were giving away, uh, we were going to give away some genteel golf shirts this week. And uh, wanted to do that uh, as kind of a Christmas thank you to all of you. Yesterday we threw out a couple of trivia questions for a chance to win. A, uh, a Genteel golf shirt. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Great Christmas gift. The last day to order embroidered merchandise from Genteel, so their entire collegiate collection, is this Friday, December 15th, uh, to guarantee it in time for Christmas. So... Today, we're going to do something different. Instead of doing trivia today, uh, we are making an executive decision. So we heard from uh, a couple of proud dads. Shout out to my son, 
Jackson Pickett and the 155th Soldiers of the Mississippi Army National Guard. And then we heard from uh, Bailey Bowman's dad as well. So, would both of you please send us your name and mailing address, who your son is a fan of, and the size golf shirt that he wears. We are going to make the two of you our winners today of the Genteel Christmas Giveaway. Uh, Just need to know Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Southern Miss, their shirt size, your name and mailing address, and what we would like is for the next time that you see them, please give them that Genteel golf shirt uh, with our thanks for their service. So that's how we're going to do our giveaway today. And uh, just could not be more appreciative of uh, of your sons. and know you are incredibly proud of them as well. So uh, send us your name, your mailing address, and we'll uh, we'll get a shirt headed out to you next week to uh, hand off to your sons when uh, when you see them next. And hopefully that's at some point during the holiday season. So there we go. Um, what? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. So we talked about Mike Leach some early in the show today. There are a bunch of national writers that kind of got in on the remembrances. There was a cool story that Bruce Feldman wrote at The Athletic. Uh, Trey Wallace at OutKick did uh, did the exact same thing. And uh, Andy Staples at On3 wrote up a, a story as well. Uh, if you want to check those out, you certainly can uh, can do so. Monday Night Football last night. Actually, hold on. I want to get to Monday Night Football last night. I had a doubleheader that was going on. There was news that broke this afternoon that a guy who is considered by many to be the best play-by-play broadcaster of this era, Al Michaels, who works for NBC, is not going to be calling a playoff game this year. Now, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth are now the lead announcers for NBC. But NBC has a total of three playoff games, and one of those Saturdays is a doubleheader. And instead of sliding Al Michaels into that spot, presumably with Kirk Herbstreet, because they've been together on the Amazon Prime package, they are instead putting Noah Eagle on the game. And... You remember you had the playoff game last year. It was the Jaguars and the Chargers. Chargers. Epic comeback. Incredible Jags, game. Jags came back. Wild ending. And the call of it was very pedestrian, very ho-hum. And there have been a lot of people that have talked about the Thursday night games this year and have said Al Michaels has just kind of, just kind of mailed it in. What do you guys think of this? Al Michaels, by the way, was shocked. Yeah, he that's, got a the, call. that's the real story. He got a call from a reporter at the New York, uh, New York Post asking him for comment, and he's like, what do you mean? It's in my deal. Do you know something I don't know? That's part of my deal. And so apparently NBC had made this decision and somehow it leaked. Whoops. And a reporter got to Al Michaels with it before NBC did. 
So, I found the... This is the game-winning field goal. Okay, epic comeback. The Jags are down huge. It's an incredible environment. Duval, all that stuff. This is the the call for the game-winning field goal of a playoff game after... What was it? Like the second-largest comeback with time-dependent in the history of the NFL? Something like that. Like, insane game. And this was the game-winning field goal call. Likely on Kansas City. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. I mean, that's so bad. The the the, the flag kind of kills him there. Like, if, if there's no flag, maybe it's a little different. I'm, I'm almost willing to give the benefit of the doubt there. But, like, you got to wait for the flag and, and, and you know. I don't know. Y- yes, but it, here would be my counter to that. On the crazy play, regular season game this week with Kansas City and Buffalo on the lateral play, that was Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call for that game, right? Mm-hmm. Jim Nance acknowledged during the play, flag comes in, but then he, then he called the play and he still called the touchdown with a great deal of emotion. And then they went back and sorted it out. He just gave you field goal, and it's good, and there's a flag. I don't know. I'm a huge Al Michaels fan. Give me a second. I'll be able to find it so you can compare the two. Yeah, so so huge Al Michaels fan. His body of work is as good as any broadcaster who's ever lived. But if you've watched any of the Thursday night games this year, you know it's kind of like, meh. He sounds like he would rather be somewhere other than broadcasting this standalone game on a Thursday night. It's kind of crazy. And it's rare that you see this, right? I mean, you, you don't see big networks making this kind of decision. Clearly, they think that Noah Eagle is a future star. He's done the, the Nickelodeon broadcast the last couple of years. I guess there was one earlier this season where they did the... Uh, what was it, like AI-generated cartoon characters yeah. from Toy Story? It was funny, the Toy Story too. game, yeah. yeah. All right, I've got the call, by the way. I mean, spot the difference. Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey, who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. This is, a, this is not a designed play. Kelsey's... I mean, electric. But acknowledge that there was a flag on the play. But continued the call. That's yeah. such a great play because that Kelsey does that all the time, man. And it's it's not called. It's just what he does. So his teammates know to look for it because he's willing to just throw the ball back if you're if you're open, buddy. And I'm getting tackled. Here you go. Go score. It's incredible. It was really cool. It's a shame that Taylor Swift takes away from his greatness. <laughs> Mike in Oxford sends us a message says, Do you believe in miracles? The flag is on the defense! Yes! <laughs> oh, goodness. That, that, and he's, like you, I, I love Al Michaels. He's a legend. But, man, that Jags-Chargers game was so bad that I noticed. And I, I don't notice announcers much. I don't really care who's calling games. Um... 
Although I, I know people are, are going to really enjoy the uh, Peach Bowl broadcast for sure when uh, Ole Miss is intentionally not called Ole Miss for four hours. But um, generally, I don't notice. I noticed that, and so did everybody else. It was that bad, calling one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the league. You can't have that, man. Yeah. You uh, were making reference to the broadcast crew of... uh... Hold on, here it is. Mark Jones, Lewis Riddick, and Quint Kesnick for the Peach Bowl. That's what you got coming up. All right, so Monday Night Football last night. Titans get an improbable come-from-behind win against the Miami Dolphins. Have you ever seen a person so excited that when they flex, it looks like their biceps are about to explode? Did you see Will Levis coming off the field after Derrick Henry had the touchdown run? And it was like, he's about to spontaneously combust, he's so excited. I mean, like, you could see the veins popping in his arm and his face and everything else. Or is it time for a Will Levis apology tour? Getting close. We're getting there. He had a good first start and has kind of, like, dipped down and was really good last night in the comeback. There's something there, for sure. There's absolutely something there. More coming up. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Just whamageddon our listeners like that. They're all out now. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Glad to have you along for the ride. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line. Sports Talk's brought to you in part by Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Had to have my oil change this morning. I started to tell, hey, Dad, we were talking on the way, and I had a joke to tell you, and then I forgot. I said I was going to get my oil changed, and I hadn't made up my mind if I was just going to swap the vehicle out or not. <laughs> thought you would thought you'd get a kick out of that. Man, the service department <laughs> is phenomenal at uh, at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. I did not call ahead like I should have. I would suggest that you do that. But I dropped my uh, dropped my truck off this morning about eight thirty nine o'clock, and had a message back from them at ten o'clock that it was ready to go. So I mean, it was in and out. That was oil change, tire rotation, and they couldn't have been any nicer. And the new service department is just. I mean, they have completely redone it, and it's really, really good. So uh, be sure to uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, also, they—if you have followed interest rates for the last year, and you've been thinking about buying a new vehicle, it's been kind of tough, right? Because the interest rates have been high, like they have been on everything else. Milk Ford's got 
2.9% for 72 months on a new Ford truck right now. Take advantage of that at Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota. Great selection on the lot right now. Uh, 2.9% for 72 months. When you go by, tell them that you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. They will take care of you. Great people at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. We uh, we got plenty still to uh, get to this afternoon. We spent some time with Mark Wise earlier this afternoon talking about SEC basketball and then just kind of moved on after that conversation. Let's go back to it, though. Um, again, with the caveat that it's way too early for this to really matter, but you'd rather it be good than not. Right now, Joe Lenardi has both Mississippi State and Ole Miss in a mid-December bracketology, both in the tournament. And on top of that, hey, Dad, Mississippi State's current net ranking is 30. It's a great spot to be. They are four and zero in neutral site games. That's, they are three. That's with a quad four loss. Yeah, yeah, four and zero in neutral site games with another one coming up. Three and one at home this year. They have two quad one wins. They're two and one against quad three and three and one against quad four. So there is an anchor two there. More, that's two more neutral. Two more neutral site games. Two more. Tupelo and what's the other one? Uh, they play uh, Rutgers in uh, in New- it's it's not in New- it's not at Rutgers okay. Arena. So, gotcha. So that that will help as well. So Mississippi State's in really good shape. Now yeah. they can't afford to do what they get, did against Southern many more times. Any, no, any not at all times. Any more times? Any more times? Yeah. But look, we're, we're three weeks from the start of conference play, mm-hmm. and. If you want to look at the SEC right now and think about what that's going to do for your net ranking, there aren't many games that are going to hurt you. You've got Tennessee at number 10, Alabama at 11, Auburn at 22, A&M at 23. South Carolina, who has been an anchor in the SEC the last few years, is currently at 28. Mississippi State at 30, Kentucky at 39, Florida at 43. Ole Miss has made a huge jump in the last week. They've gone from 90 to 61. you got Missouri at 90, Arkansas at 103. That's going to get better. Georgia at 129. The two anchors right now are LSU at 184 and Vanderbilt at 279. Both pretty stinky. Pretty stinky. Rough, yeah. Those are teams that you have to beat when you play them. Period. Yes. You have to win those two games. So you have State, you know, sitting in a pretty good position, like you said, thirty in the in the net. Uh, they do have the, the albatross of that Southern game, but as Mark said, as long as they keep winning the games they should win, they'd be okay. And then you also have what appears to be Tolu Smith, maybe coming back a little quicker. You know, Chris Chance talked about him uh, at his press conference yesterday that he's about to start doing some things on the court, doing what they called five on zero. So I guess they're just you know running some sets and not actually any contact out there, but. It appears like Tolu Smith is on a, a course to be back a little earlier than that mid-January uh, deadline that we, we heard back in uh, in September. Anything else that Mark said that really stood out to you guys? I'm just I'm interested about the about Tennessee and Arkansas, which y'all y'all are talking about. You know, are they actually good? Because it it is difficult to to 
to say if they are or not. They've obviously played tough schedules, but you can only have so many losses, right? You know, you, we can't be looking at you in uh, in March, you know, and you've got twelve losses and saying, yeah, but they're really good. You know, that <laughs> you've got you got to win games at some point. So, uh, especially for Arkansas, with that win over Duke, you thought, okay, this team's about to take off and be one of the top teams in the country, and it just hasn't really worked out that way for them. So. Be interested to see what they do the next few weeks going into conference play because they they can't afford more losses. Yeah, Borky. Yeah, on the flip side, uh, to loop the other in, uh, was a little non-committal on if he thinks Ole Miss is for real or not, which understandably so. Um, and it depends on how you want to look at it, right? Are you a glass half full guy or a glass half empty guy? I mean, they have won all of their games. And uh, winning is better than losing, and uh, and that's important. But they have scraped by against lesser teams. However, when they played Memphis, they were clearly comfortable playing a close game where every possession mattered, and they executed and made the plays and won the game. And the same thing applies to when they went to Orlando to play UCF. It's They were comfortable in that spot, and despite making some mistakes down the stretch, they made the right plays, especially defensively, and they won the game. So are they scraping by against bad teams and they're going to regress to the mean and start losing games they shouldn't because they're playing close? Or are they developing great experience playing in close games? And so when they get into conference play and they've played up to a a Tennessee here in a few weeks – they are comfortable in that spot, and they execute and win. I mean, there's only one way to find out, and it's by watching the games. But I do think you got a pretty good idea of how they're going to respond to adversity when they played the better teams. Like Detroit, Mercy, or whoever, uh, playing them close is not good. I mean, Sam Houston State taking them down to the wire, that's not good. That's not a good Sam Houston State team, right? But they won those games, and they turned around and beat a Memphis team who's got to win over Arkansas and Texas A&M now, and a UCF team who will have a net that will give them a quad one win if they have a meaningful resume come March. It's an interesting dynamic that we've watched play out over nine games. Ole Miss's schedule between now and the start of conference play is not going to help its net ranking. They play Cal in San Antonio this weekend. The only saving grace for that game is that it's at a neutral site, but Cal is currently 242 in the net ranking. Southern Miss is 252. Troy is 226, and Bryant is 195. Ole Miss has to win all four of those games. And when they do, they're going to have a record of I mean, uh, when they do. If they do, they will be 13-0 and going into SEC play with a net that's probably, what, mid to upper 70s, low 80s, something like that. I mean, the wins will matter to some degree, but Ole Miss is going to have to be good in conference play. I don't think we're anywhere close yet to being able to project what it will take in league play, no. in terms of wins versus losses, to be an NCAA tournament team. But it's always worth remembering, the bubble is always bad. Like, like the Southern loss for State, that's a really bad loss, right? But if it comes down to that game, 
like if they're if they're on the bubble for whatever reason, Mississippi State. Every other team that they will be measured up against will have a wart on their resume. All of them, literally all of them. You don't even have to go 500 in conference play to to make the tournament. I mean, it, 68 teams have to go to this tournament, so uh, you can afford a, a slip here or there, just not too many of them. So state. You know, the the initial reaction was that's a loss that's going to keep them out of the tournament. Well, not necessarily. It can. But if they're on the bubble, everybody else is going to have something that looks kind of like that on their resume one way or another. Yes. It's always the case. And and so you start nitpicking those resumes and saying, okay, is this win better or is this loss worse or what does it all mean? I mean, College Missouri lost to, to Jackson State. Uh, I did so. They did. And that's part of the reason that Missouri's net is where it is right now, because it's not very good, right? Uh, the Missouri net is, we went through those and saying it's in the hundreds, right? Wasn't it like 103? It's not good. Now, they got plenty of time to fix that. Uh, it's 90. So it's where Ole Miss was a week ago. And keep winning, they'll be okay. Um, we'll read this text when we come back. It's, it's kind of interesting. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up next with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. More coming up. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Um, they told me bar up a pom pom. A newborn king to sleep or up a pom pom. Our finest gifts we bring for up a pom pom. To lay before the king for up a pom pom. Up a pom pom. For all my Mariah Carey jokes, probably my favorite Christmas song. The song or this version of said no, no, song? No, the song. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with this one. But uh, Little Drummer Boy, big time. Yeah? I You know. So people like Silent Night. Yeah, this debate on uh, tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning. Favorite Christmas carol? Mm-hmm. White Christmas, pretty good one. Mm-hmm. I, I split it into church songs and not church songs. It's good because ACDC's Mistress for Christmas probably not appropriate yeah, that, for yeah, church. That's, that's not. That's not <laughs> I went with uh, Santa looked a lot like Daddy for uh, for my not church song. Mm. Um, my church song was Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a good choice. It's really a deep cut really there. good there one. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite Christmas song, Borky? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, as long as they're not singing it on his doorstep. Hey. Um, <laughs> anything Sinatra. All, the whole Sinatra album. So is Little Drummer Boy Christmas, is is that a church Christmas carol? Yeah. Yeah, because it's it? about, yeah. Yeah, he talks about going to meet the baby Jesus, well, yes. I mean, all Christmas songs should, tech, again, not ACDC's Mistress for Christmas. I feel like they crossed the line a little well, bit. Well, some but... of them are Santa-related, and some of them are, are, you know, the true meaning of Christmas-related. Yeah. 
So. I mean, I don't think that the little drummer boy was actually there with the three wise men. I think there's a uh, a little bit of poetic license uh, that was taken there. Yeah. But yeah, yes, so it has a definitely very happening. spiritual meaning to it. Yeah. Agreed. Mike in Oxford says Aaron Neville's Silent Night. That's, that's a pretty good one. Silent Night is yeah. great. Yep. No doubt. Christmas Eve service is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you one last time. We get an old holy night. It's another it's great one. Yeah. Christmas music is good. If you if you know what you're looking for and where to find it, it's good. I said we were going to read this message. I, I, I need to read it, but then I have to ask you favorite Christmas movie also. That, that yeah, just... Okay. College football is about to be which coach can be the best choreographer and keep the group in line by abiding by the right script. You have lead actors, bit players, cameo participants, and all the people behind the scenes. They are going to have to be a coach, a psychologist, a manager, a financial expert, and a mind reader. How in the world do you get players to be on the same page when it is a large when there's a large discrepancy in pay? Quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, linemen, DBs, safeties, linebackers, punters, kickers, long snappers. You have to be a savant, a genius, a micro and macro manager, a financial expert, and a mind reader. I know the numbers are different. How do they do it in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes' teammates love him. His contract is worth half a billion dollars. You just you got to have the right people, and you got to take care of everybody. I mean, in the NFL, everybody's getting paid, but in college football, I mean, everybody's getting something. So you just have to have the right personalities that understand. And what I've learned is most of these guys, there's jealousy and stuff that happens, of course. But when JJ Pegues signed his new deal at the Grove Collective and announced it, I promise you, the defensive line room was like, "Heck yeah, man! Like, good for you." They're supportive of each other. Jealousy comes from the already bad apples. I think it goes back to one of my favorite all-time quotes from a football coach, Homer Norton. It's how you show up at the showdown that counts. So you can talk about who's getting paid what, but the guys that perform, their teammates love them. Maybe they don't love them all the time. Because, you know, they're 18 to 20-year-old young men with testosterone off the chart and, you know, physical peak and egos and all that good stuff. But do you make a play on game day? Why do Patrick Mahomes' teammates love him? He works hard and he plays well. Yeah. He's prepared and he makes plays. And he leads his team to wins. Just not this week. Not this week. Not really his fault, but nevertheless. Anyway. It um, is a balancing act, though. It's a new thing that coaches have to navigate. It's why they make millions of dollars. I just The, the low-level staffers that are making small salaries, I feel for those guys working 15-hour days, 16-hour days. I feel nothing for Lane Kiffin or Jeff Levy. I'm sorry you have to work harder. You're millionaires. Maybe they're earning their money. My, my question about favorite Christmas movie was less about what's your favorite Christmas movie and more about where do you rank Home Alone? 
Is it top ten? <laughs> top ten, maybe, yeah. But not much higher than that. Certainly not top it's, five. It's definitely not top five, no. no. Uh, we will perhaps explore this topic in more detail tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a great night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.